every time I tried to get ahead, I was pulled back and I identified that pattern and I, I, I aimed to change it. Well, one thing that I've noticed about you in every conversation that we have, uh, there's this theme of strength. The way that it made me feel was, all right, I, I took it as a challenge. I'm like, I'm gonna show you guys. It, it actually helps me wanna help more people every time something bad happens. Who says tech can't be human? What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the show. And today we have a very, very special guest. We have somebody from the Cyber Queens, right? We got to talk about the Cyber Queens. We got to talk about your story. But we have Erica Eakins in the house. Welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> Obviously, we got to talk a little bit about your origin story, right? That's one of our favorite topics here in Hacker Valley. Tell us your origin story. How did you even get to this crazy place of cybersecurity? So I was in my late 20s and um, I'm a single mom. So I was working three jobs. One of them was a project management role for a large commercial lighting contractor. And my customer had a friend who was in sales because I lived in Chicago at the time, um, who was in this industry, who was very, very successful. And he said to me, I need you to meet this guy that's in tech sales because I know you work three jobs. They don't pay you well. And he's like, I want to do this favor for you because I helped him out with a lot of the stuff um, on his account. So he introduces me to a guy in the Midwest who IPO'd with Palo Alto. He was killing it. He's just an awesome sales rep, still is to this day. And he kind of mentored me and felt me out to see if this is something I wanted to get into because I, I'm not technical at that point. I was not technical. I've become technical over the years. So I came right into tech sales. So I got into the industry on the reseller side and then moved through the years through the to the vendor and then startups. But what they liked about me was my personality. Um, I later found out they hired me because of my looks, which it, it gave me a break into the industry. But I, <laughs> I found out that it was for other reasons that they wanted me on their sales staff. So mm. I, it was fun. I learned a lot. I immediately gravitated towards network security sales and learned the ropes. I just, I love the technical side of it. Customers taught me things. Um, my SEs would teach me things and I loved the tech side. I'm like killing it. I'm doing really well on the reseller side. Um, I love network security at the time. And then I started learning everything else. So some people come in and learn like data center storage, networking. I learned network security and then backwards. So mm. I was selling large data center product, uh, projects, services. And that was in 2012. I forgot to mention that I came in in 2012. So Palo Alto was hot at the time. Mm -hmm. I was killing it, reselling Palo Alto. And the customers in the Chicagoland area, they loved it. And it just was a fit for me. So over my career, I like I said, I, I went to the vendor side and then eventually the startups. My first vendor job was Fortinet. Again, I sold Palo Alto. So now I'm competing with the beast yeah. of a, you know, the beast. And it was really, really tough, but it was so much fun. 
Um, I was making a ton of money. I was learning, you know, the technical side. Uh, I was able to talk the talk with the customers. And it's just, it's something that I didn't know that I loved that I wish I would have found earlier because I was almost 30 when I came into the industry. And that was, you know, 12 years ago. So that kind of speaks my age. But I wish I would have found it in my 20s because for me, it has changed my life. Not only has it given me opportunities that I've to network and meet people that I've never, you know, would have been able to work with, but it gave me a life that I didn't have, which is part of my story. I I just fell so much in love with it that I made it my mission and my passion to, you know, change that gender gap, which is how the Cyber Queens were born last year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Cyber Queens podcast, uh, we aim to close the gender gap in cyber with women, minorities, LGBTQIA+. And we've been doing it for about a year and a half. And the the thing that I'm seeing is that it's getting better. But 10 years ago, it was mm-hmm. way different than it is now. As oh, I'm sure, for sure. As I'm sure you know, because you've been around for a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, is, it has gotten a lot better. Uh, I still think we have a, a ways to go. Yeah. Oh, I want to go a little bit back to your origin story. Obviously, you said you were grateful because it gave you your foot in. But when you realized that they brought you in because of your looks, like how did that make you feel as, as a professional? I'm sure that had to make you feel some type of way. Yeah, I ended up leaving that organization because of that, um, because mm-hmm. they didn't think that I was as smart as I, I am or that I was going to be as good. So they hired me with the intent to kind of like use me as a foot in the door, which was happening. But then they realized that I was actually smart and doing well and that I was mm-hmm. going to be a, you know, a, a rising star. Um, in my mind, that's a benefit for that for any company. But right. the way that it made me feel was, all right, I, I took it as a challenge. I'm like, I'm going to show you guys. So I left that company and then grew my career from there. A lot of salespeople dream to go from, you know, like the reseller community to, you know, building startups. And that was my goal. I, I like I said, I went to the reseller, the vendor, and then I started doing startups. Unfortunately for me, the time by the time I got to start the startup world, it was 2020. So we know what happened mm-hmm. then. Um, and it's it's been rough ever since. But I I made it a challenge to try to change that. But I every company I worked for, there was some sort of barrier Um, there's, I have horrible stories of what happened in my career and people ask me if it's been so terrible, why are you still in? And I, I tell people the community and the family that I've built and then the connections and friends goes way beyond a a toxic organization or a toxic leader that, you know, has different outlooks. I just move on from it because you, you can get really caught up in it and stuck in that. And Mm. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. What that makes me think of, I have three daughters and I want this world to be as welcoming, as understanding as possible when they get to the workforce. I still feel like, you know, like we said, we have a long way ways to go. Luckily, you had the the fortitude, the wherewithal to say, oh, you know, I have bad experiences. I have bad situations, but I'm not going to let that stop me. But there might be people with the personality where, oh, I was hired for looks. All I have is looks. I don't have intelligence. Mm-hmm. Right. People feel imposter syndrome all the time. And when they hear these things from the the external, they start to embody that. They start to take that on as their identity. What would you have to say to those folks that have the intelligence, but they don't feel like they have anything other than what society tells them they have? 
that's really tough because um, not everybody is as strong as I am. I, right. I'm strong because of how I grew up and things that happened. Um, and, you know, it's hard to get over that. I would tell people to just not give up and find like a mentor or somebody that can relate to your story because I didn't have that. The, you know, the teams that were managing me and the people I worked with, they didn't have the same start in life that I had. They had families, their parents paid for them to go to college. They don't have student loan debt, you know, and they just, a lot of them, and because they're men, they, they started off very different versus, you know, me being a single mom of two daughters at a young age, I was uh, a mom, I became a mom at 18 and I was homeless after I had my first daughter. So Mm -hmm. that experience right there changed my outlook on things because I didn't have a choice. So my message would just be find somebody that can relate to you and use them as a happy point in your life or, you know, for encouragement and just to never, ever give up. Because if you do, I mean, you, you're not going to ever grow your career or your life. And it's very easy to get stuck in the life that you're already in. As I got to know and understand the landscape and identify the issues, not just not just the normal issues in, in an industry or career, but like the issues of like we're missing out on a lot of talent because there's only certain people or groups that are in, you know, information technology or security because Back in the day, that's really the only people were that were interested, you know, were predominantly white men. And that's why it's a male dominated field. So that's why you have so many uh, so so many like older white men and not minorities. But as the years have gone by, you know, the millennials came in and we demanded change. And like myself, I identified these gaps and I told myself through all the experiences that were bad. I'm going to make them better for other people. And I finally found other women that had this passion in 2022, the cyber queens um, who also have had similar challenges, but very different upbringings themselves. Mm -hmm. We launched September 6th of last year and the podcast has reached so many people. I met Mm -hmm. you through you know, Meryl, my co-host, because, you know, you know her and Amber, my other co-host, I've met other people, but we're reaching a lot of women and minorities and, you know, the LGBTQIA plus community, because that's who we're targeting. But we're also trying to target Gen Z and Gen Alpha because as young ladies, you're not encouraged to go into tech. There is STEM, right? But even the T in STEM technology, they don't, talk anything about cyber or network mm. security, right? It's kind of like its own little field within information technology, as as you know. So we have this, I took this passion, we started this podcast, we're getting our names out there, we're really reaching a lot of people. And in a, a, such a short time, a year is not a short time, but it, it is a short time for a podcast. We have reached so many people like ours, like ourselves, that have stories of, you know, trying to break into cyber or having these barriers that we've seen so much change in the last year. But again, we have so much work to do. Um, and it's still, there's still very, very large challenges. I get excited about this daily and I hate yeah. that the barriers exist to, you know, get an entry level job, like a tech role. 
And, but I also hate that there's still barriers of you're identified. You know, we, we had uh, somebody on our podcast who's transgender mm-hmm. and you're still judged and identified just because you're a certain group or class. And people say that that doesn't exist. And I've been told, well, you're white, so you don't really know. But I do because I've been through this as a woman. Right. But it's even, even harder for other you know groups of women. And I can't mm-hmm. even imagine today being where I was 12 years ago because Although we're moving forward, we've actually moved backwards a little bit as far as the diversity. Like mm-hmm. companies, they have DEI initiatives, but they really don't do anything with it. I'm not right. saying all of them, but it's just something that they have to do. Mm-hmm. And they feel right. like it's the right thing. We have some news to share with you, a member of the Hacker Valley Media family. As of 2023, we became a full-time independent cybersecurity media company, and we're committed to bringing you the most powerful, thought-provoking stories in the field of cybersecurity. And we learned we can't do it alone. We'd love to invite you to our exclusive Patreon community, where we host a monthly mastermind where you can meet like-minded individuals in the field of cybersecurity that are trying to be more creative and be the best version of themselves that they can be. We would love if you took a second and visited patreon.com forward slash Hacker Valley Studio, and we'll see you in the mastermind. One thing I wanted to touch on, uh, and, and I really want to talk about the Cyber Queens for a minute, but one thing that I've noticed about you in every conversation that we have, uh, there's this theme of strength, strength, like mental strength and even physical strength. You and your significant other deep in the fitness game, he's on a tear, uh, killing the uh, bodybuilding circuit. Where did this 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 theme, this this uh, tenant of strength come from from you and your past? It, it happened when I was a child. Um when I was very young, as I got older, I, I wasn't, I didn't identify it when I was young, but I would say between the ages of uh, seven and 10, there was, you know, my parents were not around and my brother and I were always left home alone. Even though we lived with some, with our, our grandparents, they were old and they weren't always home. They would play bingo and stuff, but um, we had to feed ourselves and cook for ourselves because our parents were very young as well. And mm-hmm. they didn't, cook and they didn't leave us food. You know what I mean? So we had to figure it out. Right. right? So that's kind of how it started. But then as I got older and uh, became a teenager, things just kept stacking and stacking against me. Like I, I made a lot of mistakes. So it's not just, you know, I'm not a victim of my life, but every time I tried to get ahead, I was pulled back and I identified that pattern and I, I, mm-hmm. I aimed to change it. Right. Right. And I still, that still happens. Like, I'll feel like I'm getting ahead and then I'll get pulled back. Like I've had three layoffs in the tech industry in the last three years because I've been working for, you know, cyber companies and startups and that's just what happens. But I I take those risks because of my strength, but it's because of the way I grew up and having to become an, like an adult so young and take care of myself and my brother and just strive to not be like my parents and have a better life than them. And I love my parents, don't get me wrong, but they were just young and striving to not be like that. And then, you know, getting into an abusive relationship, I always wanted to change the bad in my life. When you look at your your stance in the tech industry today, and you look back at where you came from, I mean, how often do you look back and what does that bring up in you 
when you look at where you came from and how much resilience it has taken to get you to this place right now? I would say almost on a daily basis, I reflect and look back because new challenges for me are happening, you know, constantly. Like I mentioned, the three layoffs in the last three years, I wouldn't have been able to sustain those if I hadn't came into the tech industry, done well for myself, had savings. I had to learn how to, you know, spend my money wisely because I came from nothing and kind of like came into these like high paying commission roles and having these this base salary. It's like you get kind of like I won the lottery. It's like, what do I do with my money? And I, I had a little bit of that when I started the industry because I only had to work one job and I'm making more than I've ever made. Um, and I kind of, you know, made some financial some mistakes, just spent money stupidly, not like yeah. put myself into debt. But I I wouldn't have been able to sustain what I'm going through now if I hadn't, you know, constantly reflected on my past and learned and self-taught myself or like when I'm being discriminated against, because unfortunately there's been companies that have still discriminated or treated me differently. Um, I have to self-reflect on where I, how I started and how this all changed my life. And it, it actually helps me want to help more people every time something bad happens. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that's coming through the cyber Queens and, um, now the nonprofit that um, I co-founded with Amber and uh, Meryl's also a part of that called Teach Kids Tech. Yeah. Um, Teach Kids Tech is a nonprofit aiming to change, you know, serve children in underserved and underrepresented and underrepresented communities have the same access to tech that like you and I have today, like an iPhone or being mm -hmm. on this podcast today or, you know, having a computer because those children or, you know, people that immigrate here that have never seen a computer, they don't have that same opportunity. So Teach Kids Tech is aiming to help solve some of that, um, help them get access to education beyond STEM and, you know, kind of expose them to the cool things in the in industry and get them, you know, excited about coming into tech because, we have so many we have so many layoffs in the industry, but we have so many open jobs. And then the Gen Xers and boomers are starting to retire. So mm -hmm. who's next? The millennials, Gen Zs and then Gen Alpha companies are going to be like shaking their their heads. Like, what do we do if they don't encourage more young people to come into the field? So that's why Teach Kids Tech exists. And it actually um, sparked an idea in Amber when 2020 and the, the lockdowns hit because yeah. all the schools went remote. But what most people don't know is kids in underserved and underrepresented underrepresented communities didn't have Wi-Fi. They didn't right. have computers. The schools weren't able to give them Chromebooks or laptops right away. So they were not able to go to school and people that's not mm -hmm. talked about. But right. you have mm -hmm. the research to understand that because you know, the education system says, well, we provide them laptops, but they didn't have Internet or some people have, you know, come to this country as asylum seekers and they've never even seen an iPhone. Right. Right. So it's like we we aim, we're aiming to change that and help expose children to that. Um, the nonprofit will hopefully be fully launched by 2024. We started off strong uh, at the end of last year. And then this year we're planning and working to get that you know, up and running. But. Part of Teach Kids Tech and one of my personal goals is to, you know, those kids that live in these communities, their parents 
are probably a single mom or a single dad, or they live on, you know, assistance and they don't have the same lives that you and I have. So mm-hmm. it's also going to hopefully reach those family, you know, the, the parents as well as some of the kids. Yeah. It sounds like one of the driving forces for you is giving people access to the resources, the knowledge, the support that you didn't have, right? You had the resilience, you were able to, to bring it from within, but some people, like you said, don't have the same personality that you do. They don't have that same resilience or, or uh, the same strength, but now you're trying to help kind of level the playing field for those unrepresented groups. Yeah. Uh, what do you hope at the end of the day, what do you hope the legacy is for Cyber Queens and Teach Kids Tech? So for Cyber Queens, we, the, the legacy hopefully continues that we're reaching out to communities and, you know, women, minorities who don't know about tech or don't know how to get into tech. So leaving the legacy the same that is the goal that we're working towards for cyber queens and hopefully the queens grow a lot bigger than we are today. Um, You know, we're not monetized as a podcast, but we're, you know, talking about that and hopefully we can make that into a profitable and sustainable business and leave that legacy to people who have the same mission and goals that we do. And Mm -hmm. I want people to say, yeah, I, I remember the cyber queens and how, you know, what their goals and what they came to market with. And we love that. So our, our, our messaging hopefully is, you know, going to stay the same teach kids tech, you know, of course we hope that it grows and reaches global, um, mm-hmm. you know, globally, but you know, we're, we're aiming small right now, but the goal for that is to be, you know, like a, like a WESIS women in cybersecurity, where it's so such a large nonprofit that reaches so many people in, you know, even in different countries and give them the hope and access to things in cyber and tech that, you know, we already have today. So that I'm hoping to leave that behind and to have it keep going. But I also wanted to touch on another thing that the reason I'm able to stay focused and goal orientated, my personality, it, I'm able to talk to anybody anywhere at any time. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that people can do a lot of the times. I, I was standing in line at the airport and I met a lawyer in the uh, cyber field. He's a privacy lawyer. He was on our show recently. And that's just because I started talking to him. We were waiting to get on our, our plane. But I think that helps me, you know, being outgoing. And I try to help women uncover that in themselves because we're always told we were kind of programmed that, yeah, girl power, you go girl, millennia, the millenniums, that's kind of how we were raised. But there's still this fear. And I try to get them over that fear or over that social anxiety. Mm -hmm. I love that. (laughs) Obviously, you know, when we think about the people that are probably listening to this episode, there might be someone out there that doesn't really feel that same strength that you do. What piece of advice would you have for someone that that is going through a hard time, that's going through a current trial or an obstacle that they're just trying to get over, but it just almost seems impossible. What piece of advice would you have for that person? My piece of advice would be to, everybody says hope is not a strategy, but you have to keep hoping and trying and staying positive. Um, I know that's really hard and that's, that's to some might not be a good example, but if you're unable to get past that hard time yourself, I'm always going to tell you, find a friend or somebody that, you know, if you're targeting an industry or targeting to be like them, 
find somebody that you can link up with and use them as a support system. Support mm-hmm. systems are huge. Um, my significant other, he, you know, comp- master's pro competitive bodybuilder for the IFBB. I'm his main support system. And I don't think that he would be able to do a lot of the things mentally that he could do if, if he didn't have a support system. So I'm going to answer a question that people might have. Well, I don't have a support system. You literally have to set goals and achieve those small goals to get to the larger goals and just create a plan, plan of action. If you can't, if you can't get a support system, because that's, I didn't have that support system. So I was, I'm going to set, I set small goals to get to bigger goals to, you know, continue to meet my goals. And I continuously do that. So if you don't have that support system, you need to sit down and make a plan and reach little goals and take those little wins and turn them into positivity. Like, yes, I got to this step. Now I'm going to go to this one and kind of make it like a game, like CTF, catch or capture the flag, right? Like play that game with yourself you know, people that want to come into cyber might understand that a little better. But um, I, I just say planning and goal setting would be the best option for you if you don't have a support system. But my first recommendation would be find somebody to support you. And it doesn't have to be somebody that it is even in the same mindset or has the same goals that you do. Just be able to have, you know, talk to that person and bounce ideas and then, you know, grow from there. Outstanding advice. Erica, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to hop on the mics. Uh, This was long overdue. So glad we were able to do it. We're going to drop the links for Erica, Teach Kids Tech, and Cyber Queens into the show notes wherever you're enjoying this episode. And with that, we will see everyone next time.